0: Hey, this is Claire from the Hallowed Catharsis, and you're listening to the JP Dub podcast. <laughs>
1: Welcome, everybody, to the JP Dub Podcast, Episode 7, Force Mutation. Force Mutation. That's right. <laughs> We're back in the house again with another killer cut for you boys and ghouls out there. And with us on this episode is a killer guitarist from Vancouver from the band The of Catharsis. Everybody, please give a huge fucking round of applause for Claire Lamb. Claire Lamb.
0: Hello, thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, stoked.
0: (laughs) I I feel uh, that sort of entrance. I should have come in with like pig squeals and whatever. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Get your
1: uh, inner, um, God, where are the devourment on or something?
0: Oh, yeah, dude, or um, epicardiectomy there you go have there you, you go. seen uh that live video at uh, i think it's mountains of death and because it's just like boo, 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 boo. but when he <laughs> talks he's like show me show me your fucking hammers like his voice <laughs> is really high pitched.
1: that i i cannot say i have but maybe i need to go check that shit out
0: oh dude it's it's iconic like all the comments are like show me and uh, yeah, in my, me and my band, it's like an inside joke all the time. We're just like, show me, show me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of your band, you guys got an EP you put out what, uh, this past June.
0: Yeah, yeah. It came out in June. Uh, my band, they've been around for quite some time, but I uh, joined the band in uh, October-ish coming up. Uh, I guess next month will be two years for me in the band. So... Uh, kill owner the ep that just came out it was all written beforehand but i did get to record uh for that ep so me and kyle the other guitarist were each playing on that and then uh now we are writing what will be the next album so i'm a part of that writing process and i'm very excited
1: yeah very nice congratulations
0: thank you yeah it's cool
1: uh would you guys what label are you guys on again
0: we're on Lacerated Enemy, okay, and we uh, just got on that label for the Kelowna release, so that's nice. exciting to be signed. And uh, our our buddies uh, Proto Sequence, who's a death metal band from Alberta, they also got signed uh, around the exact same time. And we are the only Canadian bands on the roster, so it's cool to have like our homeboys, good friends, on the same uh, label as the uh, Canada representation. <laughs>
1: Hell yeah. Um, you being from Canada and everything, uh, there's a lot of, from what I gather, um, the metal community out there is kind of very tight. I mean, and even out here in the States, I mean, being all over with various bands I've been in throughout the years. Um, it's, it's a very tight niche community. Uh, well, I don't know if you're aware of or if you're a fan of, which you probably are. So I'm probably putting my foot in my mouth, but Cryptopsy, um, Mm -hmm. We've had Mike DeSavo on the show. Uh, awesome. Great guy. Uh, him and, like, Luke LeMay from Gore Guts, you know, and, and, and Lord Worm. They're always, like, fucking kicking it and hanging out. Like, this Canadian yeah. death metal legends and shit. It's yeah. fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, the Montreal uh, metal scene, especially. Yeah. Like, that's where all those bands come from that's that shit is tight I think it's cool I mean like it goes like everywhere even in the states you have like the different regions and mm-hmm. like a certain style comes out of there uh, like I even noticed like the, the sorts of death metal in Alberta differs to the death metal here in Vancouver and even like the bands that sort of come from Victoria over on uh, Vancouver Island are even different to like mainland bands here It's it's pretty cool
1: What's it like? Uh so what's what's your guys' scene out like where you're at in Vancouver? I mean, do you you know, speaking of like regions and scenes and everything, cause you would think, I mean, well, first of all, with death metal, it's it's really, you know, let's face it, this ain't like early nineties where you had like Tampa and shit, and there was just like a huge awesome scene with, you know, like corpse and obituary and everybody fucking slaying it. But like we're right next to Chicago, like twenty minutes out of Chicago, and they're I've been playing, you know, Grindcore, Death Grind, whatever you want to call it, for almost 20 years. I don't even know what it is anymore. i would say 15 to 20. I don't even fucking know anymore. (laughs) But uh, there's been moments where it seemed like there was a scene, but it's just like it it really kind of comes and goes. And you would think with like a huge city like Chicago, there would be some kind of awesome scene going on there. But there really isn't. You know, I mean, they Mm. do. They have the venues. And yeah, you'll get. Cannibal Corpse or whoever coming through to like the House of Blues or something. But there is a really like a good scene of good underground bands like what. So I guess my question to you is like in Vancouver and kind of where you're at, is there something out there where there is a tight community of like a good crop of fucking bands that like, hey, man, I'm friends with this band. And they fucking kill it. And I'm friends with this guy in that band and they're killing it.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's a, a pretty decent scene here. Like, I know lots of uh, local bands, just friends that are in bands that are like awesome fucking bands, and they're right. all like kind of small scale, hoping to get like archspire level. You know, that's pretty much like any any Vancouver extreme metal band like looks to archspire's path. Is like that would be sick. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's lots of awesome local bands here, and. I mean, I, like, because of the pandemic, I don't know how much venues have suffered, but there's also, like, quite a few decent venues here, whereas Edmonton, where I'm from, back when I was a teenager, there were so many fucking venues, and it was, like, metal shows every goddamn week, sometimes, nice. like, multiple in one week, and in recent years, like, venue after venue has been closing down, or they're just like, we're not doing metal anymore, and, uh, I don't know. That's sad to see. Like there's not too many places for metal shows in Edmonton anymore. I guess there, there aren't like too many places in Vancouver either, but there's like the standard venues, like the Rickshaw or the Astoria. Mm -hmm. But uh, I guess like, well, bigger shows, there'd be like the Commodore and shit. But as far as like a community, I think, I think there's lots of uh, really awesome bands here. And everybody's pretty tight. When I first moved here and was going to metal shows, uh, I thought everybody was was way more stuck up because, like, Alberta throws down pretty hard in the mosh pit, right? <laughs> Alberta, so like, yeah. Like, I don't know if it's just like the the like eight or nine month winter. Everybody's so fucking pissed and depressed at how cold it is that you just like everybody goes wild <laughs>
1: putting people in sharpshooters and shit
0: yeah so so when i first moved here and i was going to lots of metal shows there would just be no mosh pits and people were just like kind of like watching and i'd try to start mosh pits and it's just wasn't the same kind of mm-hmm. vibe and i was like what the fuck bleh? metal scene here sucks and <laughs> yeah i don't know I I don't know. It it doesn't seem that way. I don't know if my perception changed or if the scene itself actually changed because, yeah, when I've gone to shows more recently, especially at the rickshaw, there's usually like a massive fucking pit going on as long as uh, bands are thrown down. So I don't know if that was just like, yeah, some weird perception I had or if that was actually happening when I first moved here. I don't know.
1: I don't know. it's great when people can actually throw it down a lot of the problem, unless we played with like, Oh no, we've played from some pretty good sized crowds too, where uh, maybe it's just us or the people don't know how to react to us or what, but it's like people, some people will start a pit and then they're just a lot of, it's like you said, a lot of people are just kind of standing there like, and I get it. If you're fucking old dude, you know. I'm, I mean, getting up there. <laughs> so my, my body's hurt from all the dumb shit I did on stage. Uh, so I try to avoid the pit sometimes, but, uh, I just never really got like a lot of people just didn't know what to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't have to really go out and beat someone up or whatever, but just go out, move around, do, do something. But I always hated the fucking, uh, what, what is that? Like the, is that the death core or the supposed, what people consider hardcore dance where they're just a helicopter spinning oh, their man. arms. They look like such fucking turds.
0: Yeah. I hate that. God. I hate that. I actually I have a pretty good uh, story about that. So uh, this must have been when I was like 15 or 16 when I when I first started playing guitar and I had uh, this guitar teacher and he was in a band at the time called um, I think it was called This Is War and he was playing an all ages show at some fucking like community hall rec center type place And he invited me, so I went with my friend. And this time of my life, I was, like, very goth, so I had these, like, huge (laughs) fucking uh, chain-buckled (laughs) steel-toed boots, like, mass, like, they were heavy. It was, like, a workout to walk around in them. Right. And we go to this show, and it, it was a metal band, but I guess it was, like, it had attracted more of the, like, core type, and I had never been to a core show. And there was a guy there doing the, like intent to hurt rather than moshing. Yeah. If people get hurt, that's just like an, it's a accident. Nature of you know? the beast. Yeah. Yeah. If you fall over, you help each other up. Like it's, it's still a good vibes place, mm-hmm. but this was all bad vibes. Like you could tell he, his intent was to hurt and he had his girlfriend there or something. And he would pick her up and swing her around so that her feet would like hit people in the head and stuff. And I was so pissed off. Cause I, I couldn't mosh like at the time I was very small. I was like 15 years old. I was like 110 pounds or something. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to get fucking knocked out if I try to mosh with this person. So eventually he stops and he's watching the band. And so his back is to the pit. (laughs) And I said, I need to teach this dude a lesson because he needs a taste of his own medicine. And I walked up behind him. And again, I'm wearing these like insane boots and I like, front kicked him as hard as i could (laughs) square in the back of his spine just fucking (laughs) and he like like got so fucked up he he had to leave he left and i was i was so excited because i was like yeah fuck you buddy like if you don't do that so he left and then everyone was moshing and having a good time just light shoves just you know way better vibes after he left so see,
1: that's what i'm talking about that's the way to handle it when when you see people like that you're just, the best thing you could do is just walk up and fucking jack them and get them the hell out of here you know
0: yeah yeah most of like-
1: those guys are uh at least in my experience going across country um with the fucking underground metal is uh a lot of those dudes are what do you call it the straight edge guys mm-hmm. you know and it's like all these straight edge dudes have a fucking holier than thou or like at least most of them that I've come across, you know, I don't, I don't want to get canceled. God forbid it's 2020. Everybody shits <laughs> on me because I have yeah. a fucking opinion. But uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of those guys are all just fucking, they have shitty attitudes and they want to fight all the time. And like, I'm a guy yeah. that's like, I'll fight if I have to. I don't want to. I like to get yeah. along with everybody. But douchebags like that, they just, they have no room. You know, they need to get the hell out. And I, I wonder why they're so grumpy. Maybe their dicks are dying in and <laughs> <laughs> <No, no. Yeah, laughs> don't
0: know yeah much of that
1: vegan pasta
0: <laughs> not enough uh iron in their blood from the meat or something and they're just
1: fucking... <laughs> or in their metal you know oh yeah <laughs> those oh. fucking guys
0: yeah yeah i totally get that though that that's sort of like holier than thou vibe yeah, or like I don't know, they feel better than everyone else, or whatever that is. And most of the
1: time, their their music is fucking god awful. It's like, who, who are you better than, yeah. Linkin Park? <laughs> 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 All right, maybe I'll give you that. No, I can't even give you that, and I fucking hate Linkin Park.
0: <clears throat> yeah.
1: <I> don't <laughs> so you say you started playing it like what, fifteen?
0: Well, yeah, I don't, I don't like to count the early years because uh when i was a teenager i was like hard into uh, substance abuse <laughs> yeah, yeah so so when i first started playing guitar i like did not play guitar i picked it up like once every couple months and was like i'm going to try to play this slayer song or like this <laughs> pantera thing and that was like it uh but i i started playing piano when i was 8 and i did like full classical piano nice. and then again like a teenager totally dropped away from that stuff so i think that helped me a lot and then, i think piano
1: is a great transition instrument into guitar they're very similar yeah if that, you're a musician you get it you know that makes sense everybody yeah. else that doesn't get that
0: yeah it's totally foundational and then uh, when i was i guess 19 is when i uh decided I guess I wanted to go to music school so I got a teacher to help me with the audition and so then I that's why I moved here was to do a classical guitar program so and that was uh, only like three years or two and a half years that I did that for but uh when you do classical if uh if piano isn't your major it has to be your minor that's how important piano is so I right. I got to major in guitar, minor and piano and do the whole classical thing. And I think those years, like if my, if my growth in guitar was like this, then going to music school was like that, you know, it was, it was really uh, helpful for me to sort of like catch up. Cause when I was in high school, I had friends that I like really looked up to cause they were in bands and they were playing shows and they were fucking killer musicians. And I wanted to do that so badly, but I was so f- fucking shy. I was, like, way too scared to play in front of anybody, so I just, like, dreamed of it, and actually, um, the guitarist of Proto Sequence, who's our uh, label mates over in Alberta, his name's Parker. He's, like, one of my oldest friends, and he's one of the people that, like, when I was in high school, I looked up to him because he was playing in bands. We were going to his shows all the time, and he's a really good guitarist, and I was like, I just... I wish I had the courage and also the discipline I right. lacked both at the time, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you built it up. And I mean, that's awesome to be able to go to school for, you know, a guy like me, I was like, I was so my story with like, because I I'm a vocalist, but I do uh guitar was like my first passion, you know, I'm nowhere near, being like up to the skill level of you and i used to in high school i used to be pretty damn good i used to be able to read sheet music because i did jazz guitar and stuff and then nice. that's that's like something if you don't keep up with it it's you know practice makes perfect boys and girls
0: yeah <clears> 100
1: <throat> i used to uh i used to be so envious of my friends because when i was a kid and i'm talking like back maybe like anywhere between 8 to 10 to 12 years old all of my friends were getting guitars And like, I was into music at a really young age, like heavily where, you know, I was playing games with my brother and uh, uh, as far as like, what band is this on the radio? And that's how I learned like so much, you know, like black Sabbath or deep purple or whoever was on, you know, and learned a bunch about classic rock and uh, you know, early heavy metal and stuff. And I just, I got so hooked and I wanted to play so fucking bad. And then I really, as a kid, I got into Nirvana and that kind of expanded my musical horizons to the fullest. And, really got me into punk rock which I'm so grateful for because that's pretty much I mean it's metal and punk are where my heart and soul lie and that's probably why I got into grind core because it's it's metal and punk rock right
0: yeah it's like the perfect <clears throat> fusion of the two.
1: But uh I, I just remember being jealous of kids and uh getting guitars and I remember for Christmas I forgot how old I was maybe I was like 10 at the time, 12, I don't remember. But I got this fucking guitar right and this wasn't even a a real fucking guitar. It was like a, uh, something you plugged into your computer. It was all fucking plastic. Like the (laughs) neck and the fretboard, there was no real strings. And there was like four really hard wires. They weren't guitar strings, like at the base where, where you fucking pluck and everything. And, you put this program in and it was like teaching you how to learn all this fucking eighties cock rock and shit. And I think <laughs> the one good song was like five minutes alone by Pantera on there. And I, I remember being so pissed off about that. Yeah. I, I got this shit for Christmas or my birthday. I can't remember which one, but I like I hopped on that for a second just to give it a shot. Even though I had a bad taste in my mouth about it. See, man, this fucking sucks. I went in my room. I busted that motherfucker. me um
0: yeah that sounds then, terrible whatever the fuck that thing was
1: yeah it was it was some weird i don't i'll have to look that up because it was fucking awful um
0: some like proto guitar hero fucking thing
1: yeah i was so i was so jealous so i, I used to have a bas, a baseball bat toy baseball band i'd sit in my room and act like i was like
0: <laughs> oh, rocking no. out the shit that's
1: <laughs> that's how bad i wanted to play so when i finally got one uh, this is all leading up to my main point here when i got one um. I was probably a freshman in high school, and I I play left-handed, which sucks because oh, yeah. it's it's really hard to come across a decent instrument. And right now, I got like a left-handed Schecter, like it, it's older, like Omen Six or whatever. But they're great guitars. Like if the North Koreans built missiles, like they built these guitars, you know, <laughs> we're all in trouble.
2: <laughs> oh, um, <God. laughs>
1: but uh, so I, I got this fucking guitar, and like it just became my everything. I like I fucking. I slept with this damn thing. I would come home like after school and like put on black Sabbath. We sold our soul for rock and roll. And that was like, I would just by ear learning how to play everything. And uh, I remember getting into a uh, jazz band in high school is by accident. Like I was, I was really oh. a fledgling player still. And they threw me in the jazz band and you want to talk about, talk about being scared as fuck. <laughs> like I'm sitting down and I'm like, oh my god <laughs> oh like yeah so what do terrifying. what do i play and they're giving me charts and shit in front of me and i i almost shit a brick i i didn't know what to do i like just turned my amp real low and uh i acted like i was playing something but oh, i ended up doing it yeah. for three years and i did learn to read and play and it was probably some of the most fun times i've had in music with like That's a big awesome. band like that because i i you know i became a huge fan of like frank zappa and all that like experimenting and with different instruments like you're saying with playing the piano and being versatile and I have a really good friend of mine shot to my buddy Chris Davis who uh, just got his master's degree from Vanderkook in uh, Illinois and awesome. that guy, he's a beast i remember like when we were kids and he's ripping up he's like 13 14 he's ripping up stevie ray vaughn shit just like rude oh. mood you know like just like ripping it up and i'm like motherfucker, damn dude <laughs> yeah and that, and he's played for he played for obama when he was a president and shit um
0: holy fuck
1: that's yeah and crazy he's just, man and he's a music teacher so it's i have total respect for you and being able to go anybody that's going to school um for music, you know, and that's just that's so awesome. It is it is a tough, tough medium to really master unless you're passionate about it. Then it's just it's second nature. Because once, like I said, when I was sleeping with my guitar, I'd I'd lay down, and have it right next to my bed because I would wake up and it was the first thing I would grab when I came home from school. It's the first thing I went to. I'd lock myself in my room like I was so passionate about it, and I still am, even though just with kids and stuff, you don't get much time yeah. to do. uh you know, guitar. I mean, it's a lot easier for me to make gurgling noises and scream. And shit. Yeah, so that's why I just do that right now. But uh, yeah, shout out to you. Kudos to you for that.
0: <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, that's that's awesome. You sound very uh passionate about it, indeed.
1: Yeah, it's it's guitar. Yeah. You know, I mean, was was guitar like your first instrument that you really wanted to get down with, or was it piano or?
0: Piano, I was, I was fully obsessed with, like, way before I ever discovered metal or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, classical music is my first love, for Great. sure. And uh, when I was a kid... I really loved Mozart, especially. And then I found out he was like this child prodigy and shit. And I was very nerdy. So I was like, oh my God, maybe like I could be like him and I could be crazy good at piano as a kid. So I asked uh, my parents for piano lessons and then started doing like classical stuff. And I would like blindfold myself and try to... Because Mozart did that. I would try to play, like, backwards. I learned uh, the fucking Star Wars theme with my toes. Like, I could play it with my <laughs> fucking fuck? toes. Yeah, and I... Uh, I ended up learning, like, this Bach organ piece that has, like, a really low drone note. So I'd be playing, like, with my hands. i like, hit it with my... To- like, I was fucking so obsessed. with like spider I, monkey. I wanted to be, yeah, just, like, crazy... Piano shred master, and then yeah, that just sort of dwindled off. But like the I, Michelangelo
1: Badio of fucking <laughs> yeah, <laughs> piano,
0: all all limbs incorporated into it. Yeah, yeah, I I I love piano and and. I mean, I haven't played in a long time. My keyboard is like propped up against the wall. So I'm a bit nervous when I do finally go back to it. Like, like, as you said, you have to keep up. So I I feel that it's probably deteriorated a lot, but it's definitely, yeah, like first passion, first love for me. And then, yeah, when I was a teenager and because I got into metal pretty young, but I didn't find like the exact metal that i was looking for until i was a teenager yeah
1: yeah it's like especially and i mean maybe you can agree or attest to this too i know for me it was like uh like i said uh starting off with like black sabbath and eat iron Maiden and that stuff and maybe even some that's not metal but like the doors which was kind of on like the eerie creepy side and it as i got older and i was an angry kid you know it, it my musical taste just progressingly. And yeah. I liked more technical stuff because I remember hearing about like death metal and hearing like cannibal corpse as a young kid. And I didn't like it at all. Oh, and yeah. then as I grew older, it's just like I said, my taste and you and you change uh, either as a musician or just a, a fan of music. Like it's a, it's a progression. And I, I always preach that because like people that are really in the music know what I'm talking about. Like you're saying where you found your place in metal I'm sure like you started at point A and then worked yourself to where you are now. So what was, what was your story on that?
0: I have like specific markers that Mm. I feel like were integral to like the steps that it took for me to find that place. Right. Like in, um, in grade two, I had this friend, her name was Laura Wolf and for whatever reason, she, uh, had found Slipknot. Like, I don't know if her dad had showed her or something. Like we're both very young. And so she showed me Slipknot and uh-huh. we fucking loved it. Like we thought it was awesome. So for me, I think it was always finding like the heaviest. Cause I was like, Whoa, this is like the craziest shit I've ever heard. So I was fully obsessed. And, uh, I have a sister who's two and a half years older than me and she also got into more alternative stuff so when I was in grade four she started listening to Avenged Sevenfold and then I heard that and I was like oh shit like this is what's up this is what's fucking crazy and I was so obsessed with them I made a a Pixo website if you've ever heard of that fucking it was like some like create your own blog fucking shit in the like early mid 2000s so I made this like intense fucking informative website like everything i could possibly find out about avenge sevenfold i was like compiling all this information i was so so obsessed and then uh in grade six my sister and her friend i think to try to to scare me they thought it would scare me they showed me uh, born in a casket by cannibal corpse Yes. And I was like, whoa, now now this is, like, every time I was like, this is the craziest shit I've ever heard. And I think it's so funny because, like, I think the the name, they were, like, thinking it was going to scare me. They are like, born in a casket, Claire. And I think I was so, (laughs) like, I was so young, I didn't know what a casket was. So I was like, yeah, cool, man. Like, just (laughs) like, oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah, and then grade seven, I found Cradle of Filth. Grade 8, I found Demu Borgir. Grade 9 was Behemoth. And then at the end of grade 9 is when I found uh, Decapitated and Necrophagist. And that was like, that's the top tier. And then like since then... My life dream is to be like Vogue and to be like Muhammad. Like one day, hopefully, I I hope I can like commit time to practicing vocals and then just be like, and like shred guitar and do intense gutter rolls That would just be like,
1: and play drums or keyboard with your toes. You know, get those grim yeah, just, synths going. Just, yeah,
0: get some atmospheric shit in there. Right, some, some toe synth. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you watch the uh what was it the mayhem movie that came out like a year ago
0: oh uh is that the uh into no uh behold it? the no
1: it had macaulay culkin's brother in it
0: oh i don't i don't think i've seen that i've seen like a bunch of those black metal documentaries on youtube mm-hmm. but uh yeah i don't think i've seen uh i don't think i've seen that one
1: okay i can't remember what the fuck it was called uh botchamania moment (laughs) um what would you uh what would you say you're more prone to now i mean are are you really more i know you're doing you guys are like death metal but uh you guys got some different shit going on with your band um are you more would you say more death metal than black metal or is which way do you kind of lean in that spectrum
0: uh i i love black metal but death metal is like number one place in my heart uh yeah my band they consider themselves more like progressive metal Mm -hmm. and uh i'm hoping that with my influence we will be more just like heavy as fuck death metal because that's what i that's what i really like i want to just be uh slamming all the time uh yeah i like uh yeah like old decapitated and Necrophagist is still like top tier favorite for me. I also fucking love Surreption, Spawn of Possession. I really like Pathology. Hmm. Uh, They're pretty sick. I like lots of slam, honestly. Lots of slam out there, Well, you gotta
1: be a big... uh dying fetus fan you're looking for that slam and that groove yeah
0: fucking love dying fetus oh also yeah i I have to shout out deicide my whole band makes fun of me so hard because i fucking well like my deicide worship is like over the top so they make fun of me and and of course like we ride into the jokes you know but yeah i fucking i fucking love deicide so much like even my youtube channel I, think. Yeah, I was
1: just watching you, know, what was it, uh, a few days ago or last week when you were ripping up some DSI uh, Servants yeah. of the Light and shit. And I was like, this fucking girl
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i have like multiple deicide covers the only other band that i've done multiple songs so far is Demi borger but and yeah like on my twitch i have uh i have this app called go play along where you can sync up a tab to mp3 audio so you can play you can look at a tab and listen to the actual music and i have like 25 deicide songs on there or something like i just (laughs) yeah i go hard on the deicide they're like they're my party music. Like if I'm getting drunk, I always want to throw on DSI. <laughs> Fuck yeah. But at the same time, if I'm like bummed out and I want to cheer up, I throw on DSI. Like they're just like my everything mood. And there's uh, there's this like metal bar restaurant here in Vancouver called Jackalopes. And uh, I went there recently with Dean and I think also my, my sister, she was visiting and I think maybe like five DSI songs came on in the, the, span of time while we were there and every time I was like this is deicide blame it on god and I'd like say the song <laughs> blame it on god yeah and like we have like the food and I like windmilling getting all my hair in the fucking food like yeah deicide just just cheers me up man I fucking that's
1: good good on you for that I, I love deicide I mean that's my heart and soul belongs a lot in, on the death metal side to just like that classic just American brutal death metal you know obituary totally. deicide corpse uh, suffocation. I mean, it, the yeah. list goes on and on. And I actually had the privilege to play with DSI. Uh,
0: oh, that's fucking awesome three
1: years ago now. And uh, it was when Jack Owen was still with him, so that was a plus too to yeah. get to talk to Jack Owen. Now he's making shit stink in that garbage six feet under. And I going to say, yeah, that's what I said <laughs> it. It's Barnes, just give it up, bro. You're yeah, done, it's man. over. Um. Yeah, man. But, yeah, it was so cool. And to meet Glenn and uh, talk to him, it was fucking surreal. Like, I said, hey, man, let's take a picture. All right, what do you want to do? I'm just like, I don't know, some cool. Like, like, you know, the
2: typical metal shit. (laughs) I have a
0: picture with him, too, and he's doing the same thing. Like, yeah, I was totally awestruck in front of Glenn Benton, but I did – have like a much more uh colloquial chat session with uh steve Asheim, which was super cool i think he he had been drinking quite a bit oh i'm so sure the guard was down and it felt more like broy but i was like very nervous in front of glenn and he was driving that night so he was definitely totally sober but yeah i drove down to seattle because side was playing i think this was two years ago now And uh, it was around like May or something. And I, as much as I love DSI and I've loved them since high school, I had actually never seen them before. Like Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, just unable to in the past, whenever they had come through or was out of town or something. So it's like, okay, they're fucking playing Seattle. I'm driving down 100%. And I went down with a friend and the night before I decided that I was going to check out the set list because I usually don't check out the set list. I just go and experience it. Right. I was like, I just need to know it. It was driving me crazy, because I have so many, like, all-time favorites by DSI. I was like, I need to know, like... Oh, yeah. if they're playing any of my favorites, just so I don't get let down. And when I read that list the night before, there were so many of my favorites that I legit cried. I was so happy. (laughs) Tears of joy. And Mm -hmm. then even still today, I think that's the best show I've ever been to. Like they all fucking killed it so hard. They played fucking like so well so locked in such high energy i fucking lost my shit like the entire time i didn't mosh though because i had front like right at the front of the stage oh yeah i was like i'm not losing this spot and i was very close to glenn so i was just like bouncing on the spot and headbanging (laughs) the whole time and like singing along all the words and i got uh, a glenn benton pick actually and i also got a pick from uh their new guitarist at the time, Chris Canella. So I had yeah. two picks and then there was a guy behind me and he's like, Oh, what? You got a pick? Dang. And I was like, you know what? You can have this one, the, uh, the one from the guitarist. And he's like, Oh, stick, dude, it's my birthday. <laughs> right. Thank you so much. I was like, fucking happy birthday, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. I got Glenn's pick motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like,
0: I'm not going to give up that one though.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. DSI, they rip so hard. It's like you said, they're—they're yeah. they're a band I could put on at any time. And I—I I do occasionally in the morning, on the way to work, you know, to get to wake me up. That's my cup of coffee with my totally. cup of coffee.
0: Yeah, totally. They—they they know how to amp you up.
1: What's some of your other favorite bands that you're into?
0: Uh, Surruption for sure. As far as like a newer band, even though they're not—they're not that new. Necrophagus is old stand
1: yeah we and- play with Necrophages too on chicago at oh, uh and this is back in when i was in decrypt uh pff, i don't even know like 12 13 years ago logan square threatening uh
0: chicago wow. that's awesome. as glenn benton would say chicago yeah
1: we're <laughs> the that live that's a running joke with me and my buddy my drummer brad um whenever we go anywhere and it's like we're playing in the city it's whatever it's like Chicago.
0: <laughs> yeah that's fucking awesome yeah uh old decapitated i still love spawn of possession i really like did, uh, do you
1: think they really did what they supposedly did oh <laughs> you don't have to answer that. i'm just yeah I'm being, I'm being weird i'm being weird
0: yeah let's let's not even go there let's not it's yeah i i don't want to yeah i i'm not one to say like to disbelieve a victim you know like right no i got you if someone says something like that happened it's like i I can't really imagine the reason to lie you know like so i don't know but i i have this like i guess pretty fucked up mental workaround because i only listened to decapitated that still had vitek on it right so i feel like after vitek died they just became a different band really so it's like Agreed. whatever happened there happened
2: <laughs> sorry
1: i threw that one at you as, no
0: that's all i, I hate to
1: say a joke but yeah
0: yeah <laughs> next <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> moving along <laughs>
1: <laughs> so who else you got i mean there's got to be what about grindcore Are you listen to grindcore at all or no
0: not so much i mean uh what's keeping you girl come on (laughs) when i first uh when i first moved here i guess not first moved here after i've been here a couple years i started playing in this band uh acidic death and we were like more grindcore death Mm. metal and it's super fun um there's nothing like holding me against it i just like more uh Pristine production, I guess. I don't even right. think I can say that though, because I well, like so much Deicide.
1: Well, that's why I'm telling you. You gotta check. You gotta check us out, uh, handsome prick. I mean, if you like, we're the best. Everything is Sammy Hagar I would say,
0: best of. Both world, worlds. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, send me, uh, send me some of your grind standards. I'm always looking for new music because I feel like I just listen to the same stuff. Got a lot.
2: Got a
1: lot. I mean, and, and I'll tell you what, not a bad place to start would be probably one of my favorite grind bands of all time, uh, Nasum.
0: Oh yeah. Um, that's yeah. That's I nice. that
1: was so fucking so fucking sad when Misko... <laughs> got swept up in that damn hurricane. Um, oh, my God. I, I was fortunate enough to see them on their farewell tour when they brought in uh, what's-his-nuts from... Uh, God, who did vocals for him. I'm having a, a beer moment. I can't remember too much partying. But anyways, um, they, they went on tour to kind of like, hey, this is our final thing, you know, and we're never going to play again, which is cool because a lot of bands especially I should say like mainstream bands or some shit, you know, like look at your Allison Chains. It's like, all right, dude, you're Jerry Cantrell was a huge part of that band, but come on. Lane Staley is like a voice you cannot fucking replace, but -hmm. they did it, you know? So I mean, money talks. Yeah. Uh, So they, they did this last little tour. They played Maryland death fest and shit. And I, I caught him in Chicago luckily at Reggie's and it was fucking awesome. I got to talk to Anders, the drummer and uh, yeah. I have mad respect for that band. They were to me it was like the second coming of of grind like the early 2000s relapse was putting out all this good shit like Pig Destroyer and Nozom and so on and so forth. Uh and they they kind of picked up where Napalm left off, you know.
0: Mhm. Yeah, so that's if, awesome.
1: So if you're going to get into some grind, check them out. Check, check out some out. Bird Flesh too.
0: Oh sure. Yeah, I'll check it out.
1: And so yeah. I I have, uh, I have a question
3: for both of you. So oh, okay. since you're the guest, you know, however you guys want to answer, uh, I'm bad at, at setting up these questions. It's very simple, but it's since you think you guys have both done tons of live, like live playing, when, uh, can you tell the story or if there were multiple instances of when you got on stage and you decided like, uh, this is for me, this is, I love this shit. Like, when did you start playing? or singing along or doing whatever you did on stage in front of people and you were like shit this is this is it this is what I want to do this is what I want to improve on this is what I want to be a badass in. I want to make the audience go nuts I want to throw picks so that people that have their birthday said shit I got to pick from her like how, like do you have a story like that
0: uh Justin do you want to go first no
1: you are i <laughs> guess
0: oh, <okay. laughs> she's like a, come
1: on girl don't get
0: <laughs> shy girl yeah. Um I don't know. For me the like hearing those bands for the first time like decapitated and shit when I was young and hearing that that was the most like I I need to do that in my life and I definitely always fantasized like playing shows and stuff but my uh my stage fright is is definitely the biggest thing I've had to overcome. So really only recently and I guess I can't even say because the longest tour I've ever done and I've only done one real tour was last summer with THC and we just did BC and Alberta so it was just like a week long so each show there's a bit less anxiety and it's always so much fun like I fucking love playing on stage with my band it's a really good time but I I get so fucking nervous beforehand like just Just real bad times, lots of time spent in the bathroom, if you know what I mean. So, like, I just, that part is, like, really hard for me to overcome. But once I'm on stage, I really love it. Um, I mean, as far as, like, one specific moment... I'm not sure if there was so, any one specific time.
3: I, let me rephrase it. Because while you were talking, I thought of a second question. My second question is, was there ever after after a show where you were, maybe you were on the bill with a couple other bands or another band where you sat down and, and maybe you just started or maybe you have that thing where like, I'm I'm just somebody playing a guitar on stage. When you, anyways, you went backstage after the show and those other people saw you as a peer so you just dis- so you started to have discussions with other musicians that you were like this dude's a fucking badass and he's looking at me in the eyes like a fellow badass like have, do you have any of those type of instances where you're like shit i deserve to be up here and i'm just as good as these boners
0: <laughs> mm, well boners.
2: Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> i don't know,
0: know. <laughs> yeah, <there> I <laughs> i know your I'm your boner, man. <laughs> Fucking, uh, oh my god, that's the Saddam Hussein South Park impression. I love hey, it. Hussein, yeah, hey <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, dude, so good. Um, I, I don't know. I have the uh, that um, horrible condition where musicians always are really hard on themselves. So like, even if I'm uh, hanging out with other band dudes, my brain never allows me to think like I'm as good as anyone else. And I even have this, uh, this running joke in my band that I'm the Toki and Kyle is the Squizgar. Like, I, I just, I have that self-deprecating kind of mentality. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It'd be cool to one day be like, maybe it's also because I like Dean Lamb of Archspires, my husband. So I'm constantly comparing myself to somebody who's like so crazy good and has so many more years ahead of me but I do have a pretty good story where I felt like like maybe I can do this or maybe I'll because uh before I was in THC and before I'd really played any shows like when I was in Acidic Death we only played one house show um Dean would always make me sound check his guitar to try to help my uh, stage fright. If he was playing a Vancouver show, he'd be like, okay, you're going to go on stage, just play like a riff and it can be your sound check. And like, it'll, it'll help you. And the first time I ever sound checked uh, for Dean, I think was at uh, the red room or some someplace like downtown Vancouver with a psych And I was so fucking nervous because the crowd was already in there that I sound checked Dean's guitar with my back to the crowd i didn't look <laughs> at anyone and i just played like a tiny bit and I handed him his guitar and then uh there was another time he was playing uh the rickshaw with visceral disgorge and a despised nice. icon oh yeah and i was yeah it's sick sick lineup and i was hanging very, sick. Out <laughs> very sick and i was hanging out in the green room with a visceral Discord, and i was so fucking nervous just to play a riff that i was back there like practicing on his guitar for hours and the dudes in uh, visceral Discord were back there and they're like man you need to chill like you're practicing more than anybody that's fucking actually playing tonight just to play some riff and i was telling them how nervous i i am and so when i go up to play the riff the for the fucking sound check the dudes in visceral Discord came into the crowd and as i'm playing the riff they all started going claire 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 <laughs> and so then the rest of the crowd that's waiting for Archfire to play all started chanting my name as well and yeah it, it was just it was just nice uh yeah and like other times when i've been playing with thc and you look into the crowd those moments when you make eye contact with someone that's like really stoked and they just have like this huge smile on their face or right when you make eye contact they're like yeah that makes me feel so good it's like okay what i'm doing is actually like bringing joy to people and and they like it and i like it so it's it's all good vibes so you got to get out of your own brain sometimes i think
1: oh yeah definitely i uh I mean i've played hundreds i don't even know how many shows now and i i still i get nervous you know even if it's we played shows in front of one person and we've played shows in front of hundreds of people and it's it's still the same i always try to bring it no matter what um but it's always those butterflies because you want to do good yeah. and going back to what you were saying uh earlier threatened it's where it's like meeting maybe a hero or a band that like, man, you know, they're really fucking good. But our thing back in the day was like, we all, we all knew we were good at what we did, but we didn't, we weren't dicks about it. You know, there's like a form of humility with, you know, we're not going to just go brag and blah, blah, blah. be braggadocious about shit. But, um, but we knew we were confident in our abilities, which is, I think key in anybody that's going to be successful. You have to have some of that, you know, in order to gain some success and, maybe notoriety because if you don't have that confidence in yourselves, no one else is going to, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um So, you know, when playing like fat, you know, the three day fucking drawn out fest and all that shit, and you'd see a shit ton of death metal bands. And I love death metal with all my heart and soul, but you, you know, Claire, there's, there's a lot of them. that are kind of boring where it's just stagnant and you're sitting through and you're just like, man, I can't wait. That would like motivate me. Like I cannot wait to get on stage and like pump these motherfuckers up because I'm going to be flipping off stage and we're going to be beating each other up while we play, you know, like <laughs> yeah. uh, Jimbo knocked me out and, uh our old bass player in Decrypt, like, knocked me out in San Antonio, Texas. Yeah, I didn't know where the fuck I was. So, whoa. I got, I, But then I got pissed and I tried lifting his big ass up and he's like 300 pounds and I couldn't do it and I looked like a fucking idiot. But, <laughs> but it was a good time nonetheless. Um, yeah. I do remember this one time we played, uh, shout out to Matt Bishop, uh, who was a guest on this podcast. He used to throw on the Central Illinois Metal Fest. Um, we played one year with Decrypt. And I remember uh, we had just fucking ripped it up. And I did a fight. Like I said, I used to always do like flip somersaults off stage. And I'm paying the price now for that. Um, <laughs> no one would ever catch me. They just people would scatter <laughs> like roaches, and I hit my back and be like, <gasps> and "Like I hear people like he's fucking dead, he died." Like, <laughs> no. like, oh. That's um, amazing. And uh, you know, just being brutal, but and it wasn't like an act. You know, mm-hmm. it was just that's how everything in my life that was negative all came out through yeah. that. And you know, like as you're saying, is like being nervous and especially fronting a band. Like I get like. You know, being in, in any stage of a band. But when you got to be the mouthpiece of somebody else's band, it's not even mine, you know, and you have the pressure of, all right, I got to perform for this guy make sure that, you know, their shit sounds good because it's theirs. It wasn't my original shit. I'm just the guy out there doing it. And then on top of that, you have to, you know, you have to please the crowd. Um, and then there is a little part where you have to please yourself. Like you were saying, Claire, where it's like, you know, you get that art. Musician, I call it an artist thing where you're never satisfied. You put pen to paper, that drawing sucks. You know, you put pick to fucking string, that riff sucks, you know, and yeah. you're constantly. And unfortunately, I've known a lot of really killer artists and musicians that haven't gotten anywhere because they let that aspect sink into their brain too much and they never get anything done.
0: Yeah. You know, it's
1: because, like, oh, it's never good enough. It's never good enough. And they're just they never flourish. There has to be a point of acceptance at some time or at least a fuck it you know, moment.
2: Yeah. And that's yeah, kind of totally.
1: where I would get. It was it's like fuck it, I'm just gonna go out there like and, and just be me. And I was so into the music that it's and it's fast and it's aggressive. I can be fucking a maniac on stage and just like feeling it right now. Like, it's been so long. It's been yeah. a year. Um but I remember flipping off that stage and then going in the back and uh corporate death from macabre was back there and he was like he's like what the fuck was that <laughs> i'm like looking I'm like He's like that was i've never seen any shit like that and i'm like oh my god and then he like invited us to play uh their christmas show that year which we ended up not being able to do because we lost brad at the time um but it yeah. was like still a huge honor because you know like macabre like legends the death metal community and like especially around here in chicagoland and stuff yeah. for him to be like stoked that they need whenever we would play on chicago he'd come and see us and we'd be fucking hanging out and smoke blunts with corporate death and shit. That's like,
0: fucking sick.
1: It's fucking awesome. You know, yeah. And then you, you don't really think about it at the time because it's like right now, like I, I, I think you're a fucking badass guitar player. You're an intimidating Thanks, guitar player, especially because, <laughs> and I don't mean this to sound sexist or anything, but you don't see a lot of, um, female guitar players in this genre of music, at least that are of any good and have mm-hmm. the, uh, the quality of background of musicianship that you have. So I I really dig and appreciate that, you know, and it's
0: thanks, man. That's nice. It's nice to hear
1: anytime. Don't let anybody else ever fucking tell you. Otherwise, if they do, I got to fucking
0: elbow wait for him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I actually asked people um, if they had any questions for you. I did get, I did get one. I got a few, but I I just wanted to take one because I didn't want to take up too much time with these, but I got one that was actually pretty decent. So I'm going to pull it up here. And this one, uh, this guy's name is fucking classy as hell. I love it. So this is on Instagram. His name is at some MF dude. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Or Avery Garner. So what up, Avery? Your question's on air. I hope you're listening like you said you were. We're going to find (laughs) you. Um, He said, hey, yeah, I have a question for How is THC doing? I, I, by the way, I love the abbreviation is THC. That's fucking Yeah, clear. It's
0: pretty great. Um,
1: how is THC doing during the pandemic? Tips for small bands trying to get by during these difficult times. Thank you.
0: Nice. Thank you for the question, Avery, <laughs> or uh, some motherfucking dude.
1: Yeah, Savory <laughs> Avery.
0: Oh. <laughs> or perhaps unsavory with his uh, implication a, of his name. Yeah,
1: he's a stinky.
0: Um, Yeah, so the pandemic, like everyone, it it hit us pretty hard. We had uh, like the saddest April Fool's joke ever because uh, my band, we had our, our first ever full Canadian tour booked. Uh, for all of april and we were going to go with our label mates proto sequence and yeah this was the first time any of us were going to go all the way across canada and back touring and it was supposed to start april 1st and we had to cancel it because of the pandemic so that like crushed us and fucking destroyed our spirits especially because we um we had only ever done like short stints. So we used our drummer's uh, Tahoe before that because uh, we could all fit in it and then just tow a trailer. <laughs> but we needed something we could actually sleep in since we'd be going places where we didn't have any friends that we could crash at. So we fucking bought a van, a secondhand van, built bunks in it. Like, obviously, that's a huge investment for like, I mean, my, my income is piss. So like, it was hard. Piss on my ass. Piss, piss on my ass. <laughs> ass. yes. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was, it was a hard uh, investment to swallow. And then for it to just be canceled and we had like, just put in the merch order and then, yeah, it was canceled and we were all just so fucking bummed. So that like crushed us. Uh, but since then we've recovered and we've taken uh, this time to do a lot of writing for the next album. We've been quite productive, I think. And uh, it's been, it's been a good experience. Like this is like my first time really writing in a band because i Tend, like all the bands I've played in the past I usually just like join a pre-existing band so there's so much material for me to learn first yeah. before I get to that writing stage I feel and you I on usually, that
1: sister I feel yeah. you on that
0: yeah you feel it so I usually end up like quitting or something or the band uh, disperses before I get to that point so I'm at that point now with THC which is very exciting so yeah we've we we've Turned it to an advantage because, yeah, it gave us a lot of time to write. Uh, and then I also like because I got personally, I was put out of work. So then I started uh, Twitch streaming and uh, pursuing YouTube a lot more. And that has been super fun for me. And there was one Twitch stream where I had uh, the other guitarist and the bassist of my band come over and we played through all all of Cologne or a couple times and just like hung out with everybody. So it was because it's a live stream. It was a lot like an online show type thing. Right. And that was super fun. So, so I guess for the, the second part of Avery's question, like what to, for smaller bands in like this kind of time, you, you find uh, like the new age resources that are kind of there to help. Like, I think, and I hope that we will get to go back to like real live shows with lots of people and moshing and shit. But in this weird interim period turning to live streaming, I really feel like it has filled in a lot of that void for me personally. Like I've developed a nice community with people on Twitch and on YouTube and live streaming. And you really feel like you're hanging out with these people. And we are very they're-
1: interactive from when I was on uh Watching you on YouTube, uh, everybody in that stream was very interactive and uh, supportive, yeah. which is cool.
0: Yeah, it's it's awesome, and so it 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 kind of gives you like ah, uh, it's, it's the closest we can get to a show right now. I feel especially like when it's live like that, because then you have to like if somebody fucks up or something. Like there was one time uh, on my Twitch, I was playing uh, "Blame It on God" and Fridays. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Fridays we usually get pretty pretty spicy like i had this drinking game going on where we take drinks for my number of mistakes in a song so at the end of the song we have a tally and we take that number of drinks a a fun tally. <laughs> yeah and uh i was playing blame it on god and i always try to do the vocals and shit but i was like headbanging and so into it and i fucking like smacked my <laughs> forehead (laughs) on the mic and it made like a sound and everything and there was like a big red mark and it was like direct center like totally like a glenn benton star but that's the kind of shit that because it's a live stream instead of a a pre-recorded video that you then post for people to watch there's like those little fuck-ups or whatever fuck-ups you know in real time that you get to experience with people and they laugh with you and stuff like it it has that like uh that camaraderie that you feel at a at a real show, you know? Oh,
1: yeah. People are going to see all our fuck-ups from tonight, so just to let you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just fuck with you. They ain't going to see shit. We're nice and polished. You guys don't get to see shit.
0: Mm. Just the best. <laughs> just the polished poops.
1: That's right. The 12 Keurig per- poops. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the I Bonos. I love all the fucking uh, South Park references. It's great. Yeah, fucking Bonos. Pity,
1: give <laughs> me the pity. Um. So you're you have a? Uh, you, are, are you endorsed by? Uh, what? How do you pronounce it? Is it Kiesel?
0: Yeah. I think it's Kiesel, like I've heard... Oh,
1: wait a minute, wait, come on, Claire, you don't... No, you're supposed to be like, I know it's... (laughs) Like, I think it's Kiesel, these guys are giving me a free gear, but I think it's... Yeah,
0: I've I've heard Jeff say Kiesel, but yeah, Mm. I don't know. It sounds
1: like it's Kiesel, they have some badass shit.
0: It's awesome. I, uh, yeah. So, uh, Dean has been with the company for a long time and I've mm-hmm. gone to, uh, NAM, the, uh, the guitar right. convention. I mean, it's more than just guitars, but for me, it's a guitar convention. Right. I've been there a few times and then we went just this last January and then i got uh, endorsed which is like one of the craziest things of all time that's definitely like a, a life dream that i got to knock off my list and it's fucking awesome i can actually i can grab my two guitars if you want i can you
1: do it now show them
0: all.
2: For. <laughs> okay.
1: BRB. yeah so for those of you listening in podcasts landing on youtube claire is grabbing her uh Kiesel guitars. These are craft handmade guitars. Right now, oh wait, she just one down. She's coming back. Oh, here we go, and she's okay. back.
0: So this uh, this is the first one I got, and I actually I took it home from Nam. Nice. Yeah, I call it my reanimator guitar.
1: That's killer. I love that.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, uh seems like the webcam isn't picking it up as good, but this is like straight up like neon green. So yeah. You can, I like, see. Totally That's
1: cool. the one you were playing on YouTube the other day when you're rocking some Deicide shit, I think.
0: Yeah, because this is a uh, six string. So I usually have it set up in E flat for Deicide. And I like to try to play Ingve Malmsteen. So this one is. Ooh,
1: you got to get those scalloped frets, girl.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's also a dream is like one day just play one of his guitars. I've never played. A you Scalab never played Fred. one of those?
1: It is no. super fucking weird. It's, yeah. I used to work at Guitar Center back in the day and we got one of those in and I didn't like it. I mean, it's I yeah. mean, I guess it, it's good if, you know, you're fucking shredding lightning. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I feel like it would feel really weird. I want to know what it's like, but I, yeah. my immediate thing is like, what about slides, though?
1: Right. That's like, it. Like, yeah exactly i didn't ooh.
0: i don't know but yeah so this is my uh my kiesel reanimator as i like to call it love this so
1: beautiful guitar yeah
0: so that one i took home from nam uh he let me pick one out and so that was like my first choice and so awesome you that-
1: just did you just seal the deal at nam though where you like they were like hey like we, we want to sign you
0: Yeah. We, we like discuss some stuff and sort of sealed the deal. And so he was talking about like making me a guitar Mm. and I was like, that would be fucking sick. But the following weekend I was filming a music video with THC and I was like, it would be so sick to get a Kiesel guitar, but it would also suck for us to film a music video and I'm playing an Ibanez in it. So he was like, okay, pick out a couple guitars here that's at the booth. And if we don't sell it by the end of the weekend, you can take that one home. So that what I call the reanimator guitar was my first choice. Mm-hmm. And we went through the day and at the end of the day, it was not purchased. And he's like, all right, you can take it. And I was like, holy
1: fuck. <laughs> that's
3: crazy. Awesome. It's
0: so sick. And then this one is my seven string. And this one uh, is like my total custom order. So everything is like what I chose. And it's fucking... I call this my Kiesel Kratos. (laughs) Nice, Um, right? (laughs) Yeah, because it's like giving me Blades of Chaos kind of vibes. Um, It's also kind of funny because now I I saw that... um, like Ballsack from Guar, his new signature guitar <laughs> is this, like, neon orange crackle. <laughs> but I, I got mine first, so whatever. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it's a, it's a two-tone. So there's, like, the bright-ass neon orange, and then there's red there, actually. And then my fret dots are red, and it's a reverse headstock yeah. seven-string. And it's actually, the uh, like, the Mark Akubo signature headstock. So I, I don't think this is even, like... Something you can order unless you get like the mark Kubo guitar, so this is my fucking uh pride, uh, but i right. love I love the reanimator guitar as well, like I love both oh, yeah. of these guitars, and I got like um everything as light as possible like i talked to them about what
1: it sticks. looks light it looks like it looks like it's got some beef to it but it looks light for some yeah, reason yeah
0: it's so fucking light like it's lighter than the uh, the six string mm-hmm. and that's awesome like especially now that i do the twitch streams and stuff i have a standing desk over at my station and I have done some Twitch streams for like five hours, so you're playing guitar standing for that long. Yeah, like the strap on your shoulder is gnarly. So having like as light a guitar as possible is real handy.
1: Hell yeah, that's some badass
2: gear. Mm-mm-mm.
0: Yeah, I fucking love those guitars and like. <laughs> I uh, I have like all sorts of art and colorful lights and shit up there. So, and I have the guitars hanging on the wall and I have in between the two guitars is the Yngwie Malmsteen uh, trilogy poster. Nice. Which is like orange sunset kind of stuff with a fucking green dragon on it. So it's like both guitars come together in one piece of art. And I have <laughs> like some of my paintings around there and shit. It's like yeah I just like look at that area of my wall all the time with so much love
1: (laughs) right like thank god for the pandemic then you get to spend time looking at that shit doing that
0: yeah exactly that's a
1: killer spot you got going on
0: yeah it's it's nice my little my little station and then I'm like surrounded by Dean's fucking amazing Kiesels right now because I'm over at his station
1: yeah. <laughs> station. I thought you were talking about some Bill and Ted shit for a minute.
0: <laughs> no, I would always call like a, your work, like your desk. I yeah, call my no, uh, station. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just assume that everybody calls their desk their station. You know.
1: We're gonna start now, <laughs> right? So outside of music and everything, uh, what's some of the other stuff you like doing? I you mentioned some of your paintings. I mean, is this some stuff you've done yourself, or?
0: Yeah, uh, painting is definitely like my my side hustle or like my back burner passion project type thing. Uh, I always really liked drawing, uh, but I had this hand injury that like, even now still writing or like fine details hurts my hand. So I started exploring like different styles of painting so that I could still do like a visual art form that didn't hurt my hand. Uh, So yeah, I have lots of um, paintings all over the fucking place. And then I like Video games and uh, and movies and that and like some TV shows and that's like pretty oh, much yeah. it because yeah when you're like a musician it's pretty all all uh, consuming.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, I feel you. That's pretty much the same same shit that I would say I, <laughs> I'm into too. What uh, out of what's your favorite genre of a uh, movie?
0: Well, and I saw on uh, I was watching some of your episodes. You're a big horror movie buff, and I am also a big horror movie fan, but also like, I really like uh sci-fi and like historical, like medieval movies and the Lord of the Rings is like my favorite shit of all time. But yeah, oh, yeah, big time horror fan for sure.
1: Yeah. We, and actually we have uh so we moved it this year from juice pro wrestling to the JP dub, the 31 days of fear. Um, oh, sweet. Every day in October on Instagram and Facebook, we will be posting like little short clips little videos of movies that horror recommendations that we want you to watch and they're just a little quirky little goofy however you know some yeah. sometimes they're thematic and you know it relates to the movie or we we last year was our first attempt at it but and i was i was like at work and like my favorite like absolute favorite fucking horror movie i've said million times return to living dead um I still have it because the whole punk rock vibe, the zombies, um, it creeped me out as a little kid, even though it was kind of comedic. Um, I, I was at work and I'm like fucking everybody left for a second. I was like, man, I had this idea. I was like, I'm going to start doing this shit. We're going to do it all month. I didn't even tell these guys yet. And I just like, I ducked under my desk. I'm like, like I'm hiding from fucking zombies or some shit and made this short little video. And it's like, Hey, this is, you know, day one return of the living dead came out in 1985 and you give like a brief 20 second explanation. And yeah. with me, I do a lot of, uh, trying to cut videos and it's, it's, it sucks cause I try to do things at one take and it's, it's very, very hard to do that. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, when you're ripping through riffs and shit and with the video shit, it's, it's the same deal. It's like, Oh, I, I wasn't pleased with that. And I just, a lot of times it came out good though. Um, so, that we're doing that again this year. Uh, it's going to be bigger and badder and fucking more scary with a whole new list 31 days, a whole of movies. And I mean, we go deep from uh, like Cannibal Holocaust to, you know, the stuff <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, rid- ridiculous shit. So,
0: yeah, I can't wait for that. I'm always. Looking for um good new good horror movies because yeah you just like watch so many shit ones trying to find that occasional gem. I actually um most times that I, if I find about uh, find out about a new horror movie, I usually check this channel on YouTube. Uh, horrible reviews. This is this guy. I've been watching his videos since I was like fourteen or something, and he just like he just like sits in his living room. He's drinking like a beer or whatever. And he's like, okay, so I'm going to watch this movie now. And then he does like a little time-lapse thing. And then he's like, okay. And then he talks about the movie and he just always has like sick horror on there. So I'm like, okay, I value your opinion. So I'll see if he's reviewed a movie. I check it out, see what he has to say about it and then give it a go. But, um, I'm curious, uh, if you have any like specific, like, country uh of of horror style that you like a lot like how like france versus korean horror versus japanese or whatever if you have like a favorite i, I do
1: i do um italy i love oh, lucio yeah. fulci i absolutely is that
0: sallow the 120 days of uh sodom or who's uh
1: zombie um like house oh, by the okay. cemetery um uh, and i'm gonna start giving away some of my Thanks Claire I'm giving away oh, my last no. already no I oh, no, no. it's good <laughs> um I as far as foreign like directors and movies go and like I was a really young kid I think I started watching horror probably I was, like fucking 3 or 4 years old or something so I went I got balls deep into that really early and then yeah. as a young kid a teenager I was me and my buddies were renting out the entire Horror, horror section at the movie stores like back when they had VHS and shit still I was watching you know when that's how I got turned on like Evil Dead and all that stuff and Dead Alive and
0: yeah, so um, fucking good
1: it's so fucking good but I, I would say Fulci is my favorite and he's got some he's got some duds out there there's there's some fucking stinkers but <laughs> I just I love the Italian gore you know it's just yeah. it's gore 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 and I need some more and Fulci does it right and he, yeah. it's just like, it's, it's really disgusting looking, you know?
0: That's awesome. I should check out uh, some of his movies. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely hard into the gore as well.
1: Yeah. It's great. And, and I, I'm a fan of like, I love practical effects. I, it's a lost yeah, art, man. you know, it's really, uh, cgi is I'll, I'll give you the perfect example and this isn't a horror movie but um mad max the new the latest one that came out which yeah. was mainly all practical shit um as far as i know I, I don't think they used a lot of cgi or hardly any but and look at the 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 picture that you see you know that it, it's fucking amazing like that visual that landscape everything mm-hmm. It was. it's a very well fucking done movie yeah. And I know it's expensive, and that's what sucks is everybody's so fucking come on, Hollywood. You know, you guys have fucking deep pockets. You know, it's not like yeah. me. It's over here scratching a fucking kicking a clawing to survive, motherfuckers. There's okay. a finger to you. But invest in your product. Give us the practical effects, especially could you imagine in this day and age, like robotics, like if they were making Yeah, man. Um, we'll say like the howling or something fucking in today's like without cgi just like practical with all the technology and everything i'm sure yeah. there would be just some badass shit but they don't these studios are so fucking cheap want to be walmart cheap now and yeah cut budgets
0: maximum revenue you maximum know? Like,
1: profits minimum yeah. fucking you know minimum that's why everything's profit. getting remade they don't want to yeah. invest in a great idea that you may have you know or a script yeah. or anything they're not going to buy original content when hey i can't buy original i fucking own the rights to uh Evil Dead, yeah, yeah, we'll remake that or something. Yeah, which I didn't mind that remake at first. I was kind of like, yeah, but it was it was the same people, you know. Sam Raimi yeah. was behind it, so it was pretty cool.
0: Actually, this is uh, you know, maybe you'll think less of me, but the, the 2013 remake of Evil Dead is actually my favorite horror movie. I watch it like multiple times a year. I fucking I, I love don't, that movie.
1: I don't think any less of you. I uh, like, I so, thought it was pretty good at first. I was just like. Because it's one of those things where Evil Dead, to me, and I'll give you another example here, um, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
2: Oh, It's something God, it's so in my good.
1: heart as a horror fan, so sacred and beloved and cannot be touched because of the pure... People talk about The Exorcist, right? Is I've never been scared by that shit. It's a yeah. great movie. I love it. Don't get me wrong. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, when I was a young kid, as realistic and as gritty as that is, gives you a... A antagonist or a villain in a character that is believably like gonna scare you and it is yeah. that shit could really fucking happen you know it's like some very psycho unsettling. cannibal it's very and it's so raw yeah. and shut man, rest in peace, Toby Hooper because he yeah. did so much great shit um
0: totally yeah and and like the the feeling you get at the end of that movie like her going away on the truck you you feel (sighs) like even though the the visceral horror is over the psychological horror that's screaming is gonna be lifelong and you like feel so much in in literally no words like that yeah that movie is a fucking masterpiece yeah Yeah, you you,
3: the movie ends and you walk away and you're watching your back (laughs) yeah Yeah. you hear those you're listening for off in the distance (laughs) chainsaw noises like did you guys just hear that
1: shit yeah. And I love Leatherface at the end where he's just
2: like, yeah. like yeah. that
1: crazy motion. I love playing it as a Mortal Kombat 10 too. It's like you oh, gotta go not... with Leatherface every time. That's
0: so sick. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, but and then like back did you, to the let me sorry. let
1: me ask you something real quick, not to yeah. cut you off, Claire, but uh you're talking when you're talking about the Evil Dead remake. Yeah. I I have it on DVD. Like I bought it when it came out. Like I said, I wasn't too I didn't think it was too bad. You know, and that, but I, me and my girlfriend watched it, uh, probably a month or two ago, and I really appreciated it that much more. I was like, wow, it's really fucking well done. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think they released a extended cut or some kind of director's cut. I don't know sure. if you have seen it within the past couple of years.
0: I hope so. I mean, I usually watch that movie like a few times a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause for me, it's just like, it's like the same way I feel about Deicide. Like it's just a good time movie. Like I always just, yes. I just have a good time watching it. And it's like death metal, the music video or like <laughs> death metal, the movie or something like it yeah. just feels like a giant music video. Like it's just over the top the whole time and it gets into it quick. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I've seen the extended or director's cut or whatever. Cause I like, I was just, you know, watch stream movies online. You know? hey, I,
1: I don't own a fire
0: stick yeah the uh Never done yeah. It. yeah you know the yeah
1: the, uh, <laughs> i do have a really yeah. massive it, it kills me but i actually just bought a house so hopefully i'll be able to unveil them I, I just that's my dream is i just want all my horror collection and books to be on display for everybody like this guy's fucking badass yeah
0: yeah, yeah that'd be so awesome have like wow. a
1: Horror I have a collection. shit ton of horror movies and DVDs, and like I got. We were talking earlier about Michelangelo Badio. I have Shock 'Em Dead on VHS. Um, I don't that's know if, awesome. if you're familiar with that. It's a ridiculous movie. Uh, I, I just, I fucking love it. It's like to me, it's a, it's a genre that's you know, I can't really explain it. It's you know, once you're a horror fan, you're sucked in. You're sucked in. Like it, it, there's yeah. so much great shit. I mean, even going back to like I love the goofy shit too. I love my gore, I love my goofy stuff. That's why I like Evil Dead and uh Army of Darkness and Seren's a huge fan, and we actually have yeah. a uh Army of Darkness, Evil Dead podcast in the works. Oh, so
0: <laughs> fuck. That's awesome. Yeah. I fucking love evil dead. I have a bunch of, uh, like horror movie merch. I I'm really into like getting the, uh, the shirts more so than like death metal shirts. Nowadays.
1: Yeah. Oh, that was the thing. Like for me in the mid two thousands, I had so much great fucking, uh, horror shirts and I don't know where the hell they're all at now. Um, but yeah, you know, if, once we start this uh maybe we'll hit you up and you can get down on this evil dead podcast with
2: us
0: yeah that would be awesome i i love uh i fucking love evil dead actually um dean and i we were watching a little while ago like the uh the behind the scenes for evil dead 2 and they're talking about how they like did certain scenes and i i don't remember if it's like um a pencil flying through the the screen or something but you can actually see uh the wire so they talk about like these little like f- fuck-ups yeah. that they did at the time that like you never would notice until they point it out to you and then it's just forever you're like oh my god it's fucking you know like these little <laughs> slip-ups but it's just so it's so endearing you know it's so much more endearing
1: it's so great, and I loved. I'm, I'm so still to this day heartbroken. It's been like two, three years now since they canceled Ash vs. Evil Dead.
0: Ah, mm. uh,
1: did you watch any of that?
0: I, I didn't really ever uh, get into it. I don't really, know. I don't, yeah. Oh I just, I watched like the first episode, and I was like,
1: eh. <laughs> I fuck this shit, here for yeah. me. At one,
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was just like, like I, I just n- need Bruce Campbell as like. This iconic, like, 80s, 90s, like...
1: He's stuck in time for you.
0: Peace, yeah. Like, I don't know if it was something like that. Like, seeing him in, like, a totally modern, even though he has, like, a brief cameo in the 2013... Yeah, uh, evil dead. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know if... Yeah, just seeing him in, like, a modern, uh, modern movie was just, like, strange. And it's back to that, like, CG versus practical effects. Like, even just, like, modern cameras and shit have, like, such a different vibe than when you're watching old school movies that i don't know it like i don't know that i guess there was like some weird cognitive dissonance i was like no 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 no, no. like he's fucking stuck in his car i slept too long <laughs>
1: <laughs> right the alternate ending yeah it wakes up an old man and shit
0: yeah i slept too long
1: <laughs> that
0: shit's so fucking funny man
1: oh it's great those yeah, that's a movie like along with like Return of the Living Dead I that I could watch all the time I I absolutely fucking love and you know the reanimated guitar that I I love reanimator and once yeah. again sadly R I P Stuart Gordon who just passed yeah, away th- it was this year I believe yeah. Um, god and he did a lot of lovecraft stuff so he did um Mm
0: -hmm.
1: he did the reanimator flicks and he did uh, from beyond which is with jeffrey combs which is really weird sexual
0: yeah (laughs) i wasn't as into that one and he did uh, castle freak i love castle freak you get to
1: see the freaks wiener in that movie it's weird (laughs) (laughs) that was on our list from last year oh
0: yeah yeah dude Stuart gordon is fucking awesome and like i'm a huge hp lovecraft fan so the fact that he he clearly was as well like doing lots of uh renditions reanimator is is one of my favorite movies as well like it's an amazing story by lovecraft if you haven't read that one but like i have
1: all of his stories
0: yeah his his uh gordon's take on it is really fucking awesome
1: yeah Yeah, i liked and and the sequels were great too like bride was good and beyond was good i mean nothing is is as good as the original i remember uh about 13 years ago i bought a uh it's an anchor bay put out a fucking like a box set of it it was like a this was back when you had to go uh in in the malls out here to i I forget to help me out what were the stores that had like the rare horror dvds that were super expensive you know, answers fyi uh, no columbia house or whatever the hell that, no, that place I is called what the fuck they were called anyways moot point um i picked up this box set right and it's it came with a fucking it was a a pen but it was the reanimator needle and it was like it was green fucking fluid oh, shit in it, but it was shit. a pen i never yeah. used it i don't know where the fuck it's at now and i'm heartbroken but i still got the double dvd it had like all these new interviews with the cast and stuff and uh i've actually re reached out to uh Barbara Crampton to try to get her on this show, and you know, I'm, I'm gonna get there. It'll it'll get there. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, that's so <laughs> awesome. I fucking love reanimator. I was uh, I was Herbert West for Halloween one year. <laughs> really? Ago. Yeah, and it was it was when I was back in uh, in music school. So yeah, I had like my hair slicked back, and I got uh, some glasses, and I had a white, uh, you know, like sort of lab. Do you have pictures of this? About. Fuck, maybe I'll I'll look for it and I'll see if I can uh, send, send to you, and then something. you can yeah. like plop them out. And I uh, I I tried to make my own reagent serum because I didn't want to <laughs> just like use glow in the dark liquid or something. Like I right. wanted to concoct my own version. So I had like a few different versions. I was trying to get like the right consistency, color, make it glow. And I so I eventually I think it was like Mountain Dew and yep. aloe vera. And, uh, still like some, uh, toxic ways in the dark <laughs> liquid shit. And I had it in a syringe and yeah, I went to school like that. And I had the syringe and I had it like on my desk all day and I was like the fucking reagent serum. Like I was just so <laughs> into it all day long. Like cat dad details later, all this sort of shit. Like, just, just yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll try to find a picture. Yeah. And, uh, send it to you.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah I awesome. fucking
0: I love that shit, dude.
1: So what's uh what's your favorite um modern horror movie? You would say that you've seen maybe in like the last decade or so.
0: Yeah, I guess I the the Evil Dead remake It'd probably be also, that one. Yeah, but I'm also a big fan of uh Korean horror movies. Okay, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Fred's got the Amazon Prime. He's been watching a lot of fucked up
2: shit. <laughs>
0: yeah, I love um there's like, uh, I think actually also if you watch uh, this channel on YouTube called Nerdwriter, mm-hmm. he, has a, he has a video specifically on Korean horror, and I think he, uh, he outlined it really well. He said um, that like most, most Western horror, the end um, emotion they're trying to make you feel when you're walking away from it is fear. Whereas the end emotion of Korean horror, when you're walking away from it, is sadness, uh, and I just I vibe with that because I really like that fucking depressing ass <laughs> shit.
1: You're a goth kid, right? Remember? Remember?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Remember when you were a goth kid?
1: Remember when you
0: listened to Samhan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, it's it's so good that like. Yeah, I don't know. In my opinion, if a if a movie like through the whole thing is is pretty bad, but ends really depressing, it completely redeems itself. <laughs>
1: did you see the latest Pet Cemetery, the remake? I did. Yeah. What did you think about that? I mean, because that's kind of at the end, you know, you kind of got what your everybody dies.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, like,
1: yeah.
0: I'm also not a super big fan of the original one. Really. I- yeah, like I just you. I just found the the like it was all so good and then the ending it kind of lost it for me like the the child demonic thing I don't know I just I was like yeah and then yeah the the, <laughs> the remake, kid was too cute yeah, yeah, it's just not too
1: cute to be satan. Hey yeah. satan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not as uh, I I don't know like for me the shining is like yeah. Probably my favorite Stephen King adaptation. That shit's...
1: Did you watch uh, Have you seen Dr. Sleep?
0: Yeah, I saw it.
1: <laughs> I, I, it was on uh, on the fire stick. Oh, yeah. Somewhere at somebody's house, not mine. Um, I think I saw, like, I tried to watch like 10-15 minutes of it, and I was like, yeah. Eh.
0: Yeah, I watched the whole thing. I did, uh, but... Uh, kind of meh? Yeah, man. Like, I know that... Um,
1: Snow no Sharknado, you know?
0: Oh god! <laughs> like I know that they touch on the um, what do they even call it? I forget now. The like telepathy thing. They, yeah, yeah. They, they touch on it in the original Shining, but I I like oh Shining. That's the fucking Shining. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ! It's hey, amazing. it's the
1: Shining. You don't want to get sued.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I know they touch on it, but I like how how like realistic or plausible just the idea of like going out into this super secluded area when you're really stressed because you're trying to fucking write this book and you're just not getting it out that you get that cabin fever and you just like lose your fucking mind like there's there's so much like visceral realism to that that I really like so like without any of the supernatural shit it's just like a fucking creepy ass good movie. And then Dr. Sleep is like, like Dean and I really make fun of it because the like, why are vampires or like, they're like psychic vampires. Why are they always sexual? Why is it always yeah. like, uh, and like they're getting off on like, yeah, it's just so
1: <laughs> yeah. weird. I saw like this little boy die and I was like, no fucking parent, So it's whatever. It, sometimes that shit affects me weird depending on the movie I'm watching, you know? yeah um, oh my god damn it this fucking kid didn't need to die i need yeah. to get in there and help him i cannot let the the death of my unborn baby <laughs>
0: kill it
2: <laughs> kill it
0: god damn dude oh and actually you know what since we're talking about horror movies that south park episode they totally do the the thing thing with yes the they fucking, do uh, yes they do the blood with the yeah. blood yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which also John Carpenter's The Thing is an amazing movie. One of my one of my favorites.
1: Another one that was on our list last year. Uh yeah.
0: great. And so I, I did
1: I the remake or I guess that wasn't a remake. That was what, a prequel, right, Sren? The
0: 2011, uh, is that twenty eleven thing we made is that I twenty eleven already?
1: Holy fuck. Yeah. Um yeah. I kinda I think I'd have to watch it again to really cast judgment. I had to give another day in court. Yeah. I remember it being like once again, you, they take all your favorites and
0: mm-hmm. I'm
1: sorry, but sometimes these supposed prequels, they're still remakes. You know,
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, come on,
1: Karate Kid 3, that was a remake of the first fucking movie. It was a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck you know about that, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I
0: didn't
1: know that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just my opinion, but whatever.
0: Yeah, I wasn't such a fan and I, actually that's a good, uh, I think a good example of like the practical versus the CGI effects. And like the CGI was good in that uh remake prequel, whatever the fuck you mm-hmm. want to call it. But John Carpenter's the thing, the practical effects are f- fucking legendary. Like they're so awesome. It's creepy.
1: It's it makes you feel uneasy. They're so disgusting. The I my thing is in horror that really it how do you say this? So I watch a lot of gore and shit, but like if I see it in real life, like when I slice my hand wide open, I was like, oh, God, fucking, i could watch the most ridiculous shit that people are like oh he's a fucking bastard creep you know because he watches this and i'll be okay with it but if it's some in real life i'm like totally uneasy with it but yeah. uh those practical effects in that movie straight up like there were times i remember like being watching it for the first time almost made me want to puke like when the head gets the legs and shit it's like the metamorphosis yeah. in like shit is like what really creeps me on movies when things yeah. are like changing. It's like like in The Fly, you know, and like oh, you know, like skins just falling man. off. And
0: yeah, The Fly is amazing. That like yeah, that body horror kind of shit, and and also the the sound design in the thing, like when the shit is changing, and it's yeah. sort of like that like almost sounds like like rubber stretching. Oh, or something. yeah, it's gnarly. It's fucking and gross,
2: it, Claire. Yeah, and it, it has
0: that like almost like a claymation look to it as it's moving. Right. And I find like watching like claymation shit freaks me out probably more than like any other shit I watch. So, right,
1: going back to the way way old school like Jason and the Argonauts. <laughs>
0: something about claymation like those uh, the ABCs of death.
2: Yeah, Maybe. I got those. And,
0: and, yeah, the the ones that use claymation, there's one in, uh, I, it might be the ABCs of Death 2, that it's like this claymation one. It's like a, I don't even really remember. It's like a bug going in this dude's head or something. That oh, yeah, one yeah. was like, ugh, I just, ugh. Something about that just really got to me.
3: <laughs> I did like notice recently, because I'm flying through all this Amazon shit, is... uh you don't you don't need any budget what the uh, the technology and they almost always use the practical effects and no CGI they've gotten really good in horror movies showing uh face and skull crushing there's almost oh. in every new horror movie when you Savini see was you the master of that fashion ahead, in. ahead but with the new ones they won't use CGI for some reason they've figured out how to you know make it cheap where they can just crush skulls I just watched a, a really low budget very <laughs> not exciting uh, horror movie uh, it was called the night eats the the night eats the world it's a zombie movie with one guy in it and man that like and it, it, that's not the only one but there's a bunch of these where people get their faces smushed and they cut to the actual face and you're like ah oh, fuck it looks real there's no cgi and uh right. and back to the korean shit the reason it's so cool is there's a lot of korean thrillers uh with serial killers and stuff Um, like I saw the devil. Have you guys seen that one?
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. dude. I fucking love that movie.
3: And there's, so there's a bunch of those in that kind of vein where it's, you're like, this is a detective movie, but then it's, it's actually kind of a horror thriller and the violence in those is graphic. And when you're done watching, you're like, man, I think they killed like six people in real life to make this shit (laughs) very intense. And it's like you said, Claire, when the movie ends, you're not like, even if they like, it doesn't matter what the outcome is. When the movie ends, you're like, you're sad you're like fuck like uh have you guys seen uh i think it's, it's uh i i get them mixed up there's a trilogy but one is called like sympathy for mr vengeance or something like that i'm mixing them up and at the end when you see it you're like all these sh- all this shit happens at the end <laughs> you're like uh, nothing went right this is so awful and sad whereas the zombie movie that just uh came out that got famous the sequel is about to come out um uh, what is it uh damn it I forget what it's called it's on a train train to Busan I know what you're talking about yeah that's yeah. on shutter that's a
0: great yeah great movie it's awesome
3: it's not that yeah. graphic so yeah. they're, they're like thrillers are brutally graphic but their horror movies are not like they're not that graphically violent but that uh, train to Busan was 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 really good so yeah
0: yeah it's yeah, it. really good yeah that's um is that Bong Joon-ho is or uh no, I don't think Train to Busan is the dude who did uh, The Host and, and Parasite and also Okja. Is there, I, I don't see
1: Parasite. Is Parasite worth watching?
0: Yeah, man. It's so fucking good. Really? It's, Hulu? Yeah. It's not like scary or gory or anything, but that's like why I really like those uh, Korean horror movies. Well, it's
1: psychological, that- you yeah. know?
0: they're just they're just so fucking well written like this the story is always so good like same with train to busan or like the mimic or the wailing or i saw the devil or old boy this bo- yeah, yeah, story old boy is, is just so fucking perfect and like well thought out or um man i always fucking forget the name of uh old boys are very
3: Sorry. Old Boy's a very good example of one of those movies where it has a happy ending, but because you know the details of what actually happened, like with the main character and the girl, like when yeah. you know what the actual, like what they did during the movie, you're like, good, everybody survived, but God damn it. <laughs> like you yeah. finish watching it, you're like,
0: fuck. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a happy ending no. for the viewer. Like, yeah, you're at the end of that, like Jesus Christ, that's so Yeah, brutal. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love i love the vibe of uh korean horror although i just watched a zombie one uh what was it like ha- hashtag alive or something like that and i didn't uh i wasn't really feeling it
3: it had a happy ending it had a rainbow at the end with people like, running and holding <laughs> yeah. hands and shit you're like nah this is bullshit
2: yeah well, and that's the thing that. too
3: is
1: zombie movies i mean they got to be really unique and i can't wait well, that's why i can't wait to get to this year's list because I have a really uh, there's probably three or four really unique zombie movies on this year's list that I'm excited for people to check out because I think they're I don't think they're as popular as you know I mean obviously they're not as popular as like Dawn Night Day and Dawn of the Dead or anything like that or Evil Dead or Dead Alive but uh, they're really good where where they kind of step outside the box that's what you have to do now to make a good zombie film because they're so fucking saturated and it's just every bozo with a fucking camera and like five bucks <laughs> it's making zombie movies now um,
0: totally yeah I, i'm i'm excited to see that list because yeah i i feel that way so much like oh it's a zombie movie like it's probably not good and you kind of and that's how i got like i i don't like the found footage paranormal shit because oh, i feel that's the like worst. That's yeah the worst Every, yeah, every jack off with a fucking, yeah, a camcorder and 10 bucks is like, oh, I can fucking put this like thing. And like, I don't like the paranormal activity movies. It's jump scare shit. Nothing fucking happens. Yeah, you have like, you're watching somebody sleep and the fucking door opens or whatever. It's like, man, if you're going, if you're doing paranormal horror you need to go all the fuck out. Like, you you have so much opportunity. Like, you're doing, like, supernatural. Like, that That means that, like, anything can happen because you're basically, like, it's like fucking magic can go down. And you're yeah, just yeah. like, oh, yeah, the fucking cup fell out of the cupboard or whatever. It's like, eh. <laughs> right. Dude, just
1: fucking, Fuck that. I want to yeah. see some weird shit going on. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah like, I want to fucking.
1: Like, some fucking black ass shadows with some evil eyes there's some weird I don't know some trees fucking crawling up your skirt or something oh wait that was Evil Dead (laughs) yeah like Evil Dead
0: or like The Exorcist if they were going going that hard that long ago if Mm -hmm. you're gonna do a paranormal movie now like you gotta fucking go full tilt and
1: they didn't yeah they didn't really have uh, first Evil Dead uh, they didn't have shit for a budget on that film
0: yeah and it's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, it's 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 great. It's a classic.
0: Yeah. Even so, the, I, like Blair Witch Project. I think that as far as those movies go, mm-hmm. that's probably the only one in that realm that I like. And actually, somebody commented on my Instagram recently. They said that they read something about how... Um, I don't know if it was like the director came out and said this, or if it was the actors that said this or whatever, that the story is actually about those two dudes, uh, trans like, uh, transpired a plan to kill that girl. And it's, they're all like planting these things to psychologically fuck her up. Like they are actually implementing this torture on her to make her think that there's like some fucking thing in the woods, but there's actually nothing. And they kill her there. And, uh, yeah, they like never show the monster or anything. And the other dudes, they don't show that they died. There's just like those teeth that they find. So I thought that that was really cool. And like thinking about it that way, it makes it like a more, more interesting or like unique story. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You totally got to go for uniqueness in this day and age. Cause it's, it's so much, so much. Yeah. Um, it's hard. So real quick here. I didn't, like I said, we're definitely, I, we gotta get you involved in like the evil dead thing, and uh maybe yeah, maybe to even get you involved on this list, so,
0: yeah if your list is not yet compiled I know it
1: I, I mean it's compiled I'm but oh, there's okay. always room for alternates, and not only that, but maybe if you want to get in on helping on some of the video action, oh that's just sure. short I think what we do last year's run it was like thirty second clips, try to keep that's it super short. Yeah, they're super short, and it's cool. It's it's fun because it's a challenge. Like I remember, I can't think of which one, man, what was I cutting one for? Maybe it was Blood Diner. Yeah, I think it was Blood Diner. Have you ever seen Blood Diner? No. Oh, my God. You got to check it out. Sheeta. Okay. I was like, I have this, uh, my girlfriend's got this light up, like, fucking pentagram in our kitchen. I just That's turn sick. all the lights off and turn that on, grab this big fucking steak knife I'm like licking it and. It's being fucking creepy, you know, and getting creative. And it's fun, you know, <laughs> that's it's fun all. to challenge yourself. And it's it's cool when it's in the moment. That's I like I'm very much uh, being a, a huge jazz fan. Uh, improv, improvisation is uh, yeah. is really key to me in like entertainment. And it doesn't matter if you have some flubs here and there, because that's the the realness, the rawness of improv. You know, that's going to happen because not we're not perfect. We can't just nail it. But I still I like that. It's it's what makes us human and entertaining. So I like to keep it that way.
0: Hell yeah, man! Yeah, I'd I'd love to uh, get in on that. I don't know what kind of clips you're trying to make, but I'm I'm so into like costuming and trying to like recreate scenes and shit. Like that stuff is so sick.
1: Yeah, just whatever comes to your mind, basically. And if it sucks, I bet Claire got down. This sucks. Go.
0: Cut <laughs> This shit ain't gonna cut it. And I gotta cut it.
1: <laughs> so real quick before we end here, Claire, I'll let everybody know where they can find you at, like your YouTube, social media, Twitch, and all that. uh
0: So I am Clane's world on all uh, platforms. So on Instagram, that's Clane's uh, underscore world. YouTube is Clane's world. Twitch is Clane's world. Uh, even steam is <laughs> world uh yeah it is for some reason i i feel like i have to say this it's it's a play on wayne's world uh because for some reason people miss that uh i thought people it was fucking stupid <laughs> i thought it was pretty obvious and then also i i want to quickly explain why it's clane because i get people all the time like why isn't it claire's world or whatever so uh the bc government. Last year or two years ago or something sent me a voting referendum package. So on those, you just tick off the answer and then you send it back. All your info is like pre-printed on it. And they addressed me as Clayne Walton Salter. Which is not at all my fucking name. Uh, at the time, it was uh, Claire Walton Sather. And yeah, like you said, like I said, you can't correct it. You just send it back as is. So I was like, okay, fucking sick. If the government thinks my name is Klain, might as well be Klain. And my whole band thought it was so fucking funny. So they started calling me Klain. and And it just kind of grew on me because it's also like, it's a more ambiguous name like i've always felt like claire my name is claire like it doesn't really vibe with me like it's a kind of girly ass fucking name so i i prefer clane anyways so yeah so i started riding with it so if anyone is wondering why the fuck is your shit clane's world it's because that's that's my uh my new moniker
1: (laughs) oh yeah behind the music
0: yeah yeah, so uh, it's uh Klain's World on all uh, all things and then my band is uh, at THC Death on everything or the Hallowed Catharsis.
1: Do you guys have a dot com or anything?
0: Uh well, like we, we do a, have a merch a- Yeah, we, uh, I guess, depending where you're from, if you're in the Americas, you should buy directly from us. So we have uh, the hallowed catharsis.bandcamp.com. So you can buy shit there that ships from Canada. But if you're in uh, Europe or elsewhere, you should buy from Lacerated Enemy because they're a European label. So then the shipping will be way cheaper there. And they're also they're on uh, Bandcamp and also Big Cartel. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Claire, yeah. once again, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a fucking fun and killer episode, and I'm yeah. glad we made another fucking friend in the mental community. And uh, yeah, he, all the best to you. And like I said, we'll we'll be in touch. We're gonna work some shit out.
0: Hell yeah, man! Thank you so much for having me. I had a super good time.
1: Oh, yeah, anytime. Any fucking time. You guys make it up on Clay's World. I'm going to fucking find you. I'm going to fucking blast
2: yourselves.
1: Yeah, I'll fucking do it. It's for real. Hey, tune in next time.
2: We're going to fucking bring the heat. Yeah. (laughs)